0: Hey, hey, good evening. How are you guys? Yeah? You guys are like full of energy tonight. I'm pretty excited, pretty excited. Um, I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I'm in recovery from sex addiction, compulsive overeating, and my name is Scott. Hey, I'm glad that you guys are here with me um, because uh, I need you. I need you to help me in my recovery, and I'm glad that tonight we were able to Give you that gift. And uh, it's a super gift that our church is able to purchase and use as a resource. And there truly is a lot of good information on that website um, that will give you good Bible studies. And if you're looking to go deeper, you know, one of the the things that we do with recovery is um, we, we try to read every day something about our addiction. And it would be a great opportunity to have a resource on where to get that information. And so I just encourage you guys with that. Um, Today is, um, we're talking about action. Step three, taking action, and that's huge. Um, And I want to give you a gift tonight. Um, I have something that you guys don't deserve, but if you want it, you can have it. So that's the question. Do you want it? Yeah, I hope so. Well, first of all, let me start with this and say, who wants a free dessert tonight? If you want a free dessert tonight, come forward right here. I will buy your dessert tonight. Come forward and get this dessert right here. So you got to do. I'll buy your dessert tonight. Boom, we got it right there. Awesome. Huh? No. Um, so her second time doing that. She did that last time, I guess. Um, see, she's been to this message before. That's awesome. But that's a free gift, and that is a great example. And Christ offers us something in our life, and we've been doing steps one and two, and step two, we, uh, we talk about the fact that there's a power out there greater than ourselves that can restore us to sanity, and that's huge. And then step three, it's about surrendering our life and our will over to him, and that's huge for us. Last week, here in this very room, at this very time, we had 27 people get in the tank and we dunked them underwater, the, the expression of saying, I wanna, I'm following Christ and I want everybody to know that I'm a believer in Christ. And that takes action and tonight we're talking more about that action and there's this free gift that God wants to give us if you're willing to take it, but guess what? How many of you in this room didn't get that free gift tonight of free dessert? Why? What's keeping you in that chair from coming down that aisle and grabbing that gift? No action. Overeating. Right? It's that action. Overeating. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. That was awesome. Well-timed. Well-timed. Um, exactly. Uh, that was want But I want to remind you of Revelation chapter 3 verse 20. And this is what the Lord says. He says this, "Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me." And for so many of us in our life, he's banging on that door and we are ignoring it. How many times have you knocked? Have you said that you've said I think there's this God situation and we turn and we go the other way. We ignore it. We shut it down. We squelch it. We say, mm, "No. Nope, not going to happen." I've talked to many addicts and many addicts have had an experience when they've been using that have shocked them out of their high. God blew their high and woke them up and they still have a hard time going to that door and opening it for him. So what keeps you from taking action? I remember I'm a movie guy, Uh, I used to play baseball growing up and before every belpasi baseball game my mom would have me sit down in front of the tv and i would watch rocky three the training montage for some reason she thought that would get me super excited but it made me excited to go hit somebody not to go play baseball so i'm out in the outfield and i'm all doo, doo, doo. i'm doing the, eye of the i can't do the eye of the tiger like that you just can't man so, but here's the deal. There's this scene in Rocky 3 where Rocky's running on the beach and you know in this moment that he is not doing well. He's training, but he just stinks. Which looks more like my training when I look at it. But for him, it was really bad day and he's racing Apollo Creed and they're running and then Rocky just kind of stops on the beach in LA and he's just walking. And his wife meets him out there, Adrian. And she's like, "What's keeping you from pushing yourself? What's keeping you? What are you so afraid of?" What are you so afraid of? And he says, I don't want to lose "That's that's my impersonation, right? I don't want to lose anything." Right? And he doesn't want to lose everything. And she's like, "What do we have left that we can't lose? What in your life have you not lost already from your addiction?" Some of us have lost our family, our jobs, our finance. Some of us have lived down by the river. I just watched Chris Farley. I live in a van down by the river. Some of us have literally done that. I'm a high-bottom addict, and I'm lucky that I didn't lose my family. But I did leave a job, and I left a ministry, and I ruined a lot of relationships because of my addiction. What are you so scared of to take that next step to find freedom from your addiction? What is keeping you from opening that door, from walking down that aisle and grabbing that dollar? Maybe you're scared that your needs aren't going to get met. See, that's me. I'm always scared if I put myself out there, I'm going to be rejected. My needs won't get met. I have a fear of being hungry. You know that, that, literally. Like that feeling where you actually feel hunger pains freaks me out. I have the first inkling, I'm like, I gotta get something to eat. I gotta go eat. That's not normal. I shouldn't be having that feeling. And what I found, the more I'm in recovery, that's normal. It's okay to be hungry. I didn't realize that. Because once I had that, I had to cope. I had to medicate. I had to do something to get rid of that. And so I would compulsively overeat. Some of us, and me included, is I, I I fear being vulnerable. What's weird is I can stand up here in front of 300 people and I can share some crazy stuff about my life, but you get me in an intimate relationship, close relationship, one-on-one, mano-a-mano, and I'm like, I don't want to share because I'm more afraid of that rejection of that one-on-one than standing up here and presenting, even though it's the same information. Being vulnerable scares me. To take down those walls, to let somebody else in, and some of us know what that's like. But I'm just going to show this. I was listening to a message yesterday. And I forget where I was. It was a long day yesterday. And uh, I was listening to a message. And there was something that he said in this message. And his title of his message is, That's Not All You Are. And I know I get up here. And I know I say, hey, I'm a sex addict and compulsive overreader, but that's not all I am. For some of us, we say those things. Now, I say those things for a reason because I do need to remember what God has helped me find victory over. But that's not all who I am. I'm the pastor of recovery and counseling, but that's not all who I am. And I don't know what's going on in your life, but whatever title you may have in your own brain... That you tell yourself that's not all who you are. A little boy shows up on the scene when there's over 5,000 men and women and children, and this little boy shows up with five loaves and two fish, and he goes, This is what I got. He was a little boy. That's not all who he was, and God took those small things and fed over 5,000 people. That's not all who you are. You're not just an addict. What does God want for you? You're not just a spouse of an addict. God wants more for you, and you are more than that. You're not just worthless, because that's what I would think, that I'm worthless. You're not just an ex-con. You're somebody worthy. You're somebody lovable. You're somebody that is meant for a purpose, to share the gospel with others and to share what God has done in your life with other people. And that's where we come into action, which is our acronym for tonight and the first thing is is do this. Accept Jesus as your higher power and savior. Accept Jesus as your higher power and savior. Well, how do we do that? How do we do that? Well, the first thing that we do for that is we got to surrender. We have to raise the white flag and we have to surrender. For those of you that are non-believers, this may be, that's what we would say. Those people that would not say, I'm a Christian. They would say, I I don't believe in Jesus Christ. I'm not a Christian. We would say something like, hey, I'm atheist. I'm agnostic. I'm whatever it is. You may say that. But for those of you that are like that, it would be that point of saying, I'm going to surrender to Jesus Christ. I'm going to surrender to this higher power. And here at Big Golly, we say that that is Jesus Christ. And that's a one-time decision. That is a decision that you make once in your life and you become a believer in Jesus Christ. For those that have already made that decision, you guys are already Christians, you've already done that once, this is the act of every single day standing up and saying, I am surrendering not only my life, but my will to the care of Jesus Christ. I'm gonna do this on a daily basis. I'm gonna surrender my will to him. Surrendering my life and my will. Because even though I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, there's still times I try to play God in my life. There's still times that I'm still the one in charge. And it's that surrendering to him, accepting Jesus as my higher power, It comes to that process. See, we need Jesus more than just an insurance policy into heaven. We need Jesus in our life so that we can live righteous and accordingly day in and day out. One day at a time. One moment at a time. That is huge. See, Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says this. It says, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's huge. The C is this. The C is commit to seek and follow his will. That we would commit to seek and follow his will. See, I committed to find pornography in my life. This is how much I committed. I got in my car and I drove around the city of Modesto to every mini-mart that I knew and I walked in every mini-mart to see if they sold pornography. And I knew every single one in my five-mile radius, I would say. And I could go in because I wouldn't go to the bad stores like Susie's. But I would go into those mini-marts because as a Christian young man, that would be a little bit more appropriate. Right? So weird. What did you used to do to seek out your addiction? How did you go, how far did you go to get your addiction, to get your fix? See, we sought that out. Now we equally have to seek out Jesus Christ. There's people that say, hey, I really don't feel Jesus Christ. I don't, he doesn't talk to me. I'm awesome. How much time are you spending listening to him and going and reading his Bible and seeking after him? Five minutes. So when you were seeking your drugs, did you only spend five minutes? And after five minutes, you were like, oh, I'm done? No. You were jonesing. You had to go get your fix. Same thing happens. Let's take that. Let's switch it over to our relationship with Christ. Seek out God. But see, some of us do that in our own power. There's times I've done it in my own power. I've white-knuckled it. I've gone to the point of saying, I've got this. I got this, God. Today's an easy day. But here's the problem. When I'm doing it on my own power, there's no room for God. If I'm full of ourselves, it's full of myself. And that's what happens. See, Psalm 143 verse 10 says this. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Your good spirit, lead me on level ground. Some of you that maybe have been into some secular programs may be familiar with the third step prayer, which says this, God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help in thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. The getting rid of ourself that we would be used by God on a daily basis. The influence that you can have on a daily basis in other people's lives because what God has done already in your own life is huge, is huge. So the T in action is this, is turn it over, and I'm not talking about apple turnovers, but turning it over to God, to actually surrendering it to God, letting him be the one that's in charge. That's huge. And I know that's my phrase tonight, so I'm gonna to try to stop doing that. But it's this, it's letting go and let God. Let go and let God. My daughter is an amazing, amazing daughter. And there was a lot, I'm a movie guy, so there was some videos that she would watch. And I want you to pay attention to the screen as we watch this video. me anyway boom there's some of you that may have a flashback but sometimes that's what it is it's learning to let go of the things that we're trying to control and take power of and we're letting go of that and letting God be the one that's in charge that we would surrender and let God be the one that's in charge of our spouse in charge of others the big book of AA would say that acceptance is our biggest problem Learning acceptance, that's huge. Proverbs chapter three, verse six says this, in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Some of us have taken a very crooked path. Matthew 11, verses 28 and 29 says this, come to me all who labor and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. I was sitting over here during worship, and when I teach, I can never worship. I sit there, and I'm like in the zone as I'm listening to you guys sing and worship, and it's awesome. And I got a phone call, and I never usually answer the phone when I'm in here. But I saw it was somebody that usually doesn't call me. So I picked up the phone and walked outside, and he told me that his dad just died and there's some of us that walk in this room tonight and we're, we're, we're burdened, we're heavy laden, we're weary, we're tired, we're exhausted. Depression, anxiety, the, the stress of everything going on is weighing heavy on our life and on our heart and on our soul. But God says that if we go, upon, go to him and we, we take his yoke, that his burden is easy and is light, and you will find rest for your soul, that we would surrender and let Him be the one that's responsible for things. See, a yoke was meant to be—you would take two oxen, two ox, and uh, Brian Regan fans knew what oxen came from. Um, so you'd have two ox there, and you would put—you'd yoke them together. It'd be something that would hold them together, so they would share the workload. Where the yoke here is that we would pair up with Jesus who does all the work and we get to walk next to him and our burden is easy and light because he's doing all the work. He's the one that's helping you deal with your resentments. He's the one that's helping you deal with that hurt and pain that you felt so many times in your life. That rejection, the loss of that marriage, the loss of of that family member, the, the struggles that you face, that abuse you may have had. He is the one that helps us carry that burden. The I in action is this. It's only the beginning. See, this is a lifelong journey, and I was gonna show another clip, but I totally forgot until, because I'm ADD, so I totally forgot until I was sitting over there, and I was like, oh, but Forrest Gump. Do you remember that movie? Cracked me up, right? Run, Forrest, run. He literally ran... Coast to coast. And he was just jogging, and then one day he just stopped. He was like, I'm done. That was awesome. Well, some of us, that's what we got to realize. We got to be Forrest Gump and we got to run. We got to take this journey and we got to go. And I don't mean running as far as running away from our problems, but join the journey. Now, I know it looks like I'm a runner, (laughs) but I'm not. I know, shocking. But I am a sprinter. And I love football. And I was an offensive lineman, I was a a linebacker, all this stuff, and I loved it. From tackle to tackle, I was quick. I could fly and hit somebody and it was amazing. You got me outside of tackle and I was like, (laughs) I'm done. I can't do it, but I could run super quick. But that's five, 10 yards. And so many of us, that's been our recovery. We get in recovery, I'm here, I'm going, let's do this. And we take off and it's a week later and we're like, I'm done. <laughs> we can't even make it back the second week. We can't even make it and pick up that phone call. We can't even hit a meeting a day. I mean, we would use every day, but we can't hit a meeting a day. We would do all these things that would be short and Sprints, but reality is our journey is a long, long journey. I'm full of movies. It's Lord of the Rings long, guys. It's it's, this is a journey, and it's not meant to be run alone. But we have to take action. We have to get in this lifelong journey. I mentioned it earlier. It's not come in and do a step study and then you're done forever. It's not the quick fix, the quick fix, which we walk in, and how many people do I talk to? They just want that solution. If I just do this, all this will go away. But it's a lifelong journey. And for me, I had to realize that. I thought mine was a three year journey, and I was done. I was on my way out the door, and I mentioned this earlier, and Scott invited me to start to do announcements. And I go, that means I got to be here every week, huh? Yep, yes you do. Can't have a week off? Nope, okay. And I started just doing announcements. But you know what? His invitation kept me here. I've had people that have come to me for counseling. I said, hey, can you do me a favor and can you just number count for me? Every night, every Tuesday night, just get the number count and text it to me. Guess what? That kept them coming back because they had to be here every week. Now, not the current number counter, because I know that they are legit right now. They're dialed in. But I'm just saying that I've used that tactic before to keep them coming back in that journey. Philippians chapter one, verse six says this, and I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. That God is working in your life and you may not see it right now. You may not see it today and you may not see it tomorrow but he's doing work in your life and he will keep working till he brings it to completion. When is that? It was when we get called to heaven. The O in action is this, one day at a time, and I already mentioned that not only is it a lifelong journey, but it is a one day at a time, one moment at a time mentality that I can't focus on 20 years down the road. Uh, someone showed me their, their chip. Was it 15 years from somebody? Yes, it was. It was 15 years, wasn't it? And uh, I can't focus on, man, when do I get my 15-year chip? I got to focus on getting day one, day two, day three, day four. One day at a time, one moment at a time is huge in our life. Just said it again, sorry. Matthew chapter six, verse 34 says this. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Don't lay awake at night worrying about what tomorrow brings, but focus on simply today. Simply focus on what is going on right now. The past, we can't change. The future, we can't control. The present is the place we can change one day at a time. The end and next step is this, is next step. How do I ask Christ into my life? How do I surrender my life to Jesus Christ? And, and um, there's four simple steps. To believe Jesus died on the cross and rose again. To accept God's free forgiveness. To switch to God's plan for your life. And to express my desire for Christ to be the director of of your life. Those simple four things. Now, let me talk a little bit more about those four things. Because I want to explain those four things just a little bit. That may be confusing. But to believe Jesus died on the cross and rose again. We, last week here at this church, we just celebrated Easter. We just celebrated what happened. And Friday, in our tradition, was that Friday, Christ died. He died. And when He died on the cross, He died for our sins. And on Sunday, he rose again. That he conquered death. And he conquered it for you. And he conquered it for me. And he conquered it for every single person in this room. But 1 Corinthians chapter 15, starting in verse 3, says this. For I delivered to you, this is Paul writing. For I have delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. That Christ died for our sins in accordance with scripture. That he was buried That Christ had done those things, and tonight, God wants you, Jesus wants you, I believe, if you're willing to accept this gift, is to believe that He did those things. To believe in your heart and your mind that, that Jesus did those things. That He died on the cross for your sins. Well, how do you believe that? And how does that take action? Simply by this by accepting God's free gift. See, Romans chapter 6, verse 23 says this For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, the wages of our sin, the things that you have done in your life, what God says and what reality is, is that we deserve death. And I know some of you have done some pretty gnarly things. I know I've done pretty gnarly things. And I know that by the crud I've done, I deserve death. I know I can be a jerk saying nicely but God gives us that free gift Christ died on the cross and essentially he's standing here holding that dollar out saying all you gotta do is come get this all you gotta do is come get this and you get that free gift of eternal life to switch to God's plan for our life we've been running our own plan our own agenda our own schedule our whole life now it's time to switch to God's plan for your life What is God's plan for your life? What does he want from you? It's a great question. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 says this. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your hearts, that we, when we seek after him, will find him. His plan for us is to prosper. His plan for us is, to, uh, is for good, not for evil. And I know sometimes we lie to ourselves and we say, why did God have this evil thing happen to me? But God wants good for our life. Romans chapter 12, verse two says this. Do not be conformed to this world, but, be de- but to be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. See, we've already been conformed to this world. We've already put so much stuff into our brain that it has totally messed it up. And God simply wants to transform that. And how does he do that? He does that through helping us find sobriety, by helping us apply his word to our life that we might find healing, clear thinking and when we do those things and when we apply these 12 steps and the biblical principles to our life our life transforms and I've seen it time and time again and I know it can happen for you the last one is this is to express my desire for Christ to be the director of my life so not only am I switching but now it's expressing to him And I already read this verse in uh, Romans 10, 9. It says this, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's that believing and confessing. It's outwardly saying, I believe these things and you will be saved. Matthew 10, 32 and 33 says this, so everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. Those people, those 27 people that got up and went up those stairs and got down into that tank, and they publicly shared, hey, I am publicly professing the name of Jesus Christ. Did that publicly as we baptize them. And God acknowledges those things and will acknowledge them. But those that deny him, he also will deny Philippians chapter two, verse eight. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the Father. There's other passages that I'm not going to read, but there is definitely a moment and there's going to be a time where every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. So the question is, are you going to do it willingly? Are you going to accept who Christ is tonight? Are you willing to surrender your life to him if you've never done that before? Are you willing to finally surrender your will to him as well? on a daily basis and so I close our time with this question what's keeping you in that chair what's keeping you where you're at and I'm going to ask that and we normally don't do this in CR and so because we don't normally do it it's it's kind of out of the box for me and I'm a little nervous I've done it before but I'm still nervous because that's who I am I like traditions I like doing things the same way But I would like you guys to kind of bow your head and close your eyes. I want to talk to you. I do that so that I can isolate you and kind of get you focused on that and not your neighbor and not everything going on around you. But I want to ask you this question. If you've never surrendered your life over to him and you would like to do that tonight for the first time, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, to take action and raise your hand tonight. Thank you. I see you. I see you. Thank you. I see you. I see you up there. I see you up there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Then, uh, if that's what you want to do, I'm going to pray a prayer, and I would, I'd like you just to kind of in your head repeat after me. There's nothing magical about the prayer, but uh, I do want you to pray that prayer. I want to walk you through this. And so let me do that. Just repeat after me. Dear Lord, thank you for the fact that uh, you are God and I'm not. That I'm a sinner and I acknowledge that. And so I confess my sin to you. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins. Thank you for this free gift of eternal life. Thank you for dying on the cross and raising again. And because of that, I get this free gift of eternal life. Help me to the best of my ability to follow after you. So I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that you are Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Everyone keep your head bowed and eyes closed. If maybe where you're at in your life and you've already done that prayer before or you've already believed in Jesus Christ and you'd say you're a Christian and, but you want to surrender your will to him on a daily basis... Will you raise your hand? Lots of hands going up around the room. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Will you repeat this prayers? This prayer also in your head? Lord, thank you for your forgiveness. Sorry for the moments that I try to take control of my life again and my will, and so I surrender it to you again. Help me to do that on a daily basis that you would be able to do with me as you will every single day. Lord, thank you for you and what you have done in my life and continue to use me and help me to do that to the best of my ability on a daily basis. In Jesus' name, amen. I had every head eye open and net up and all that stuff. But here's the deal. We're going to close the serenity prayer in a minute. When we're done, there's a few things that are going on. One is first timers out that door, right across the hallway into our altar room for our first time guests. Second time guests, you're going to come up front here, but if you did that first prayer for the first time and you accepted, accepted Christ tonight for the first time, I'm going to ask you to take action tonight. And I'm going to ask you to go out this door here and we're going to have Aaron, who's one of our worship leaders, she's right over there. She's going to direct you into the choir room. And I'm going to come off stage, and I'm going to go, and I'm going to meet you in the choir room. I want to talk to you for two minutes. And I'm going to let you guys get to your open share groups because it's important you get to group. And we're already running a minute and two behind. And so I just want to encourage you that I'm going to ask you to take action. And if you raise your hand that you prayed that prayer for the first time, head out that door, and Aaron will direct you. But uh, let's stand, and let's close with the serenity prayer tonight. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change and supremely happy with you forever the next. Amen. Amen. Thank you.